You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time just to uh, get in your word, to share your word together. And Holy Spirit, we invite you, we ask you to come and and just uh, come and take the word and speak it, Lord. Speak it into our hearts, Dad. Help it not just to be um, not just another teaching or something we hear about the Word. But Holy Spirit, come and just bring it to life. Lord, speak it to life within us. Change us, Dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quick, how many of you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I threw out the word mully grubs. And most of y'all looked at me like there was no such thing. Well, Paul Sheffy, who's not here, actually verified it. Um, if you'll throw it up there, <laughs> it is a word. See? And uh, I know I do invent new words, but that's not one of them. That is a real word. And I uh, just wanted to show you that I wasn't totally crazy, just halfway crazy. All right, we're going to get on into Ephesians. We're continuing our study this morning in the book of Ephesians that we've titled Sit, Walk, and Stand. Um, I want to read to you this morning out of Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verses 3 through 10. I have it up on the screen. Actually, I'm going to read this out of the message translation. It says this, How blessed is God, and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind, and settled on us as the focus of His love, to be made whole and holy in His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure He took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of His lavish gift-giving by the hand of His beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. Everybody say free people. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our own misdeeds. And just, I love how the message puts this, not just barely free either, (laughs) abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him, everything in deepest heaven and everything on planet Earth. Isn't that awesome? And I just love how the message puts it. Uh, Again, I'd encourage you guys, if you don't have that translation, to get it. It's really more of a paraphrase. It's not an exact word-for-word translation. You probably shouldn't go to it to try and prove a doctrine, but it's great reading. Just if you want to read a book of the Bible, I'd encourage you to get it and read Ephesians every week. In fact, Ephesians is pretty short. You can actually read it daily. And uh, I'd encourage you just to get into it and read it. This morning we're going to focus on verses 7 and 8. And I've got it up in the NIV up there for you. It's in Him... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. As I read that, I want to just—I just kind of want to ask you guys a question. According, it says this: that, that 
that God and Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance, this redemption or this grace of God is in accordance with His riches, the riches of God's grace. Now, let me just ask yourself a question. How rich is God's grace? You can't, you, there's not words for it. Okay, you can't, you can't, you can't spell it out. You can't say it. It's just the, the riches, we don't even, I don't think we even have a clue how rich God's graces are. I, I, I like I say, I got saved 40 something years ago, and, and I have been for 40 years growing in my understanding and my appreciation and my, uh, just the depth of, of the riches of God's grace. I mean, it's, it's, it's off the charts. Okay. We can't, there's not a descriptive word for, in other words, it's, he, the riches of his grace are, are just beyond our imagination of how much he loves us and how much grace he has for us. And I, and when I think of that, it's like, the riches of His grace, is, 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 is it enough grace to, to take care of my sin? I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. I think a lot of times some of us go around wondering, well, you know, I don't, you don't know what I did. You know, you don't, you, you don't know how bad I messed up. You don't know how bad I blew it, you know, and I, and, and I keep blowing it every now and then. It, it is his grace rich enough to take care of that? Is his grace rich enough to, to take care of our struggles and our issues? And is, is his grace rich enough? Is there enough grace to change us? Yes. I mean, when you think of the of his grace that's poured out for us, I'm telling you, if we could just grasp that, if we could get hold of, of, of how much grace he just pours out on us, he just he keeps on pouring it out on us, keeps on giving it to us. The riches of His grace. And then look what it says. I love this. It says, And the riches of His grace that He, what? Lavished. Let me get that word. He, he, he took the riches of His grace, all this grace that He has, and He lavished it on us. Now listen to me. That's a lot bigger picture than He just barely gave us enough to get by. <laughs> he... See, I think sometimes some Christians, it's almost like we walk around thinking, well... You know, God loves me and He's got grace, but I think He gave me just enough so I could squeak into heaven when I die. This talks about the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Now, listen to this. Here's what the word lavish literally means it means this to superabound in quantity and quality. Now, think of this as God pouring out His grace. He's, it, it's, the grace He gives us is it superabounds. To be in excess. I love that. In other words, I've got more grace than I need. <laughs> it's in excess. To be superfluous. To cause to superabound or excel. To make more. To abound. To have more. Abundance. To be more. To be in abundance. To be better. Enough and to spare. We got, we got, en- we got more grace than we need. We got enough to spare. Now, I would, I, you know what I like about that? We need to we need to extend grace to other people, right? So if I got enough, if God's grace is so rich and so lavish that He's just just pouring it out, pouring it. Just get this picture. He's just 
He's just baptizing us in grace. He's just giving it to us and giving it to us. And it's, and it's just, it's super abundant. It's more than we need. And guess what? If we got more than we need, we get to do something with it. We get to share it to somebody else. Was that awesome? I mean, God's grace is just so, it's so mind blowing. It's so crazy. It's just so, Lavished. <laughs> just pour it out on us. God just, I mean, can you get that? God, God, and go back and read what we've already studied. Before the foundations of the world, before you and I were even a blip on the, on the screen, <laughs> he lavished it on us. He knew we were coming. And he says, man, that Bob's coming, and he needs my grace, <laughs> and I'm going to give it to him abundantly. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna just drench him in it. Don't you want to just don't you, don't you want to just soak that up? Just just get it in. See, listen to me. This this could be such a just a just a clear cut, you know, dry doctrinal thesis. You know, a theo- theological study of what redemption is and what grace is, and we can just read it and go, oh yeah 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta soak it up. It's gotta get in here. It's not just here. It's in here. When you, when we, when we begin to believe that God did this to us, it'll change us. It'll impact us. It'll change how we live. It'll change how we respond to people. It'll change, it totally change us when we get what God's done in us. Amen, Bob. Uh, when I look at that, I think uh, through his redemption, it goes back to, let's go back and look at that verse. In him we have redemption through his blood. And when you look at this redemption through the lavishness and the riches of God's grace, in other words, it wasn't, it, it's not just enough to just barely redeem us. God doesn't just look at us one of these days and go, wow, man, you needed a lot and I gave a lot, but it, it, I mean, it just barely is enough grace to cover you. <laughs> I think sometimes we think like that. And it's re- this redemption we're talking about isn't barely enough. And the other thing, listen to me. The other thing is, when you think of God's rich of His grace being lavished on you, do you does there, is there anywhere in there you get an image where God just is kind of grudgingly giving it out? I mean, he, he really, you know, he really knows us. He knows how sorry we are. And, 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 and thank God Jesus, his son, loves us. And Jesus came and just poured out on his love for us. And dad just has to put up with us because Jesus loved us. That's the way I thought as a Christian for years. I thought dad was mean. I thought he was a God that just wanted to zap me. That was his whole goal in life. You guys were saved because he was paying attention to me. So when I got out of line, he could zap me. That's how I, that's how I was believed. That's how I was taught. You know, that's called Phariseeism. That's called living by a bunch of rules and regulations. That's called if I don't live up to it, God's mad and ticked off at me. That's a little different than him pouring out of the riches of his grace and him lavishing it upon me. 
<laughs> What's it mean, redemption? Let's look at this word. It means literally to buy back, to repurchase, to get or to win back. Listen to this. To free from captivity by payment of ransom. To release, look at this, to release from blame or debt. To free from the consequences of sin. We get that. <laughs> that's what Jesus' blood, that's what we just talked about in communion. That's what the blood of Jesus accomplished for us and us. He released us from those things. It's the idea of literally buying out. It was a term that was used for paying the purchase price for somebody that was in slavery. For somebody that was a slave. Guess what, guys? According to Romans, before Jesus came into our lives, we were slaves to sin. We were bondages to us. Read Romans. But Jesus' blood comes along and He redeems us from that. He pays the purchase price and He delivers us from, from, that, from that bondage and that slavery to sin. That's what redemption does. That's what the blood of Christ does. It sets us free. I love how a message puts it. Not just, not just barely free, but abundantly free. Hello? <laughs> that, ought, that ought to excite us just a little bit. We're free. We're not, we're not slaves of this thing. We don't have to keep walking in this bondage. We don't have to keep walking in these addictions. We don't have to. Jesus died so we can be free. He paid the price, the debt. The debt of our sin was death. And Jesus paid the price. Why? Because he loved me <laughs> and he loved you. He loved us. Mm. We're no longer in bondage to sin. Colossians 1 says this. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says this in the NIV. For he has rescued us from the dominion. Dominion is what? Authority, rule. He's rescued us from the rule, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, and whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Look what it says in the message, same verse. God, I love this, God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. <laughs> he sets us up in the kingdom of His Son He loves so much, the Son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. The blood of Jesus did that for us. That's redemption. That's getting set free. That, that's not barely free. That's not, that's not just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sneak in. I know God's got some place for me up in heaven, probably some little hut somewhere. And one of these days, I'm going to just slide in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. I may smell like death. I may have smoke on my tail, but I'm, I'm going to slide in there. <laughs> I mean, I've, listen, I've heard that kind of stuff. There's no sliding in. There's no sneaking into heaven. There's no sneaking in now. There's no sneaking into life. God gave us life. He redeemed us. He delivered us from all the crap that's in our lives. Are you supposed to, I don't know, are you supposed to use the word crap? Anyway, he, 
He delivered us from that stuff. Whew. That's a word. It's a real word. Look it up in the dictionary. Isn't that cool? Got rid of the sins that we were doomed to keep repeating. Without Jesus, you don't have a, without Jesus, you're going to just keep doing the same thing you've always done. With Jesus, we can be free and we don't have to walk in it anymore. We've been delivered. First Peter says this, For you know that, he, that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that He redeemed us from the empty way of life, handed down to us from our ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. I love this quote. Let me just read this to you. It says this, The streets of heaven will be filled with former captives who through through no merit of their own find themselves redeemed, forgiven, and free. Slaves to sin have become saints. No, No wonder we'll sing a new song, a song of praise to the Redeemer who was slain. Revelation says this, and they sang a new song. That's us, guys. We sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for us God persons from every tribe and language and people. We were slaves to sin, condemned to eternal separation from God. But Jesus paid the price to redeem us, resulting in our freedom from slavery to sin and rescued us from the eternal consequences of that sin. Isn't that powerful? That's what we got. We get that. Jesus gave it to us. He bought us. Mm. To fully understand, we're going to just we're going to kind of go back a minute. But to fully understand redemption, we have to understand who God made us to be and what God is bringing us back to. That's part of redemption. Jesus, in fact, as it says in Luke, that Jesus, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save that which was lost. Out of Jesus' mouth, he says this, guys, I came. The reason I came was to seek and to save. Saved isn't just saved from sin. Saved isn't just saved to get into heaven. Saved is the word sozo, and it literally means Jesus is saying, listen, guys, I came to save you, to deliver you, to heal you, to set you free. (laughs) He came to do that in our lives, to redeem us, to set us free from those things, to, to get back. And I love this one. Jesus says, I came, one of, the, one of the reasons I came is to get back what Adam lost. That's why I came. Adam, Adam messed up, and we were in Adam. You've got to see how our seed was in him, and because of his failure, because of his sin, we lost when he lost. Now, that may sound like that's wrong. Why, why am I having to suffer the consequences of what Adam did? Well, the good news is, if you look in the New Testament, the Adam, that, that what happened in Adam, Jesus comes along and says, what happened in Jesus, we also get. Does that make sense? So if we lost it all in Adam, when Jesus comes along, in Jesus, and in fact, as we've been reading in Ephesians, we were in Jesus. So in Jesus, when he did that, we got all that back. 
So what we lost when we lost dominion, we lost rulership, we lost authority, we handed it over to Satan. God had created man in his image and created us with authority, with rule and power. And the enemy comes along and tempts Adam and Eve and they give that up. Jesus comes and takes it back. He says, now all authority has been given unto me and I give it to you. We now have authority again. We now have power again. We don't have to walk in bondage anymore. We don't have to put up with the junk that the enemy wants to throw at us. We don't have to put up with sickness and disease and poverty and injustices. We don't don't have to walk in that anymore. Jesus came to deliver us from it. And we get to walk in freedom. He He got the keys. It said he went down and he got the keys back from the enemy. Man, you could preach on that a while. (laughs) We lost life. We experienced death because of that. Jesus said this, I came to give you life. He came to die for us to give up so we don't have to die so we could have a life. And we lost our identity. We lost identity in our relationship with God. When Adam fell, we, we, we lost that identity as sons and daughters. Do you remember the last couple of weeks when we talked about what happened? We got, starts with an A. Uh, I got to preach that sermon again. <laughs> Adopted. Man, that was a powerful message. I can tell it just sunk deep into your hearts and you just remember it so well. <laughs> Jesus adopted us. Dad adopted us back into the family because of what his son did. We're now children of God. We are the sons and daughter. And we lost righteousness. Now because of what Jesus has done, we have righteousness. Jesus says, or the scripture says, Jesus took on our sin so we could have his righteousness. You're righteous. If you're, if, look at me. If Jesus is in you, you're a follower of Jesus. You've been saved, born again. You are now the righteousness of Christ. That ought, to, <laughs> that ought to impact us. I'm, I'm the righteousness of Christ. Saint. Remember studying that? Remember? I'm going back. We're going back. Y'all are looking at me like, like deer caught in the headlights. Remember about sainthood? You know, we're now saints. You and I. If you're in Jesus, you're a saint. Jesus came to restore all that, to give us righteousness and rulership and health and life. Jesus came to pay that price for us. That's, that, look at me. That's the good news. <laughs> That's the gospel of Jesus. That's what we get to share with our friends and our neighbors that don't know Jesus, that don't know Christ. Look at me. Here, it, it's, it's not that God's mean and wants to send you to hell. The good news is God loves you so much. He's already paid the price for your sins. All you got to do is, is just walk in it. Is just receive that redemption. Receive that forgiveness. Receive the love of God. And you can walk in everything that Jesus did for us. That's the good news. That's what we get to share with people. Hmm. One last thought about redemption. Now this is this to me I find interesting. It's almost 
it's um, people argue with you over this one. Okay, now, I know y'all would never argue. The price that Jesus paid for us, now listen to this, the price that he paid for us shows us the value that he sees in us. You get that? See, a lot of people want to say we have no value, we're just the scum of the earth, you know, we're just the dirt under the toenail of whoever. <laughs> but look at me for a second. Let me give you an illustration. For about three months, I've been, I have a bow, a nice crossbow, nice case. Spent a, you don't want to know how much money I spent. Spent a lot of money on this bow, and it's several years old now, but it still is in excellent condition. In my mind, I think, I spent this much money. If I'm trying to sell it, it ought to be worth this much money. You with me? So I put a value on this, and I put it on Craigslist, and I tried to sell it for this much money. That was, that's what I valued it as. Well, after three long months of trying to sell it, finally I wound up selling it for this much money. <laughs> In other words, what the person was willing to give me, the price the person was willing to pay for my nice bow and my nice case that was in, that price is what the value that that has. You with me? You with me? That's the value. Okay? That's the true value. No matter what I think it is, that was the true value. Now think about this a second. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. He paid the price. His, the price for us was his death. That's the redemption. That's how he redeemed us. He, was, he paid, the scripture says he paid the ransom price for us. That ransom price was his dying for us. To me, that says he sees value in us. Yeah, we may have been lost, we may have been in sin, we may have screwed up, but God saw value in us. And he says, you know what, the value that I'm willing to pay, the ransom price that I'm willing to pay for them is the death of my son. That's, 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 that's the value. That's the good news. <laughs> See, when, when I think about that, I think, okay, what do I do with that? How do I respond? How, how do I respond to a God that loves me that much? How do I respond to that? What's, what's my response? Ask yourself that question. If you, what's my response to, to God of the universe, the sovereign God that created everything you can see and the things you can't see, that God loves me so much that he was willing to pay that price for me to have life. What am I going to do with that? How, what's my response to that? What, what, does that make sense? I mean, how, as, a, as, a, as a person, how do, how do I respond to a God like that? I think our response has to be this. 
We love him back <laughs> with everything in us. Everything in us, we, we return love back to the Father. We return it back to him. That's why Jesus makes this statement when this attorney, this lawyer, coming to trick him and, and ask him, what's, what's the greatest commandment? What's the, what's the greatest? How, what, how do you do that? And Jesus says this, here's the greatest. Love God with everything in you. Everything, your heart, your strength, your soul, your mind. Return that love back to him. Give it to God. Give it, love him with everything in you. And love your neighbor and you'll fulfill all the law. That's our response. That's, that's why, listen to me, we have this, this sign out here on our wall and in our paper and on our website. We have, this, we have this thing we call a mission statement. And it's this, it's love God Love people and impact the world. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. When you do the first two, <laughs> the last one happens. If we love God with everything in us and we love our neighbors as we love ourselves, we're going to have an impact on the people that are around us. When we grasp this, when we grasp what Jesus did for us, when we grasp how much God poured out the riches of his grace, how much he lavished them on us, our, the only response I know that I can have is just receive and give back love. That's why we worship. That's, that's, see, we take however much time we take in here and we worship for this reason, to love that's what worship is. It's pouring out an adoration. In fact, it's one of the Greek words for worship is literally to kiss. So in our worship, we're just, we're pouring out to God and we're just saying, God, I love you with everything in me. I love you. Yes, maybe I screwed up yesterday. Maybe I messed up this morning. Maybe I, maybe this happened, but God, Thankful for your grace, thankful for your mercy that you poured out on me. I can sit here and I can just come back to you, Dad, and say, I love you. With everything in me, I love you. That's how you respond. I, there, there is no other response. I love you. I'm telling you what, God... God, God, see, that's, that's what Jesus did. That's part of that redeem, redemption. That's part of bringing back into relationship. So now you and I, every day, until every day, you and I get to walk with him. We get to have that kind of relationship where, 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 where he's there. He's not, he's not 10 billion miles away up in heaven taking care of the universe. He's with me. He's in me. He's, he's walking with me. I can, I can sense his presence. I can feel his arms around me. I can feel his love for me. I can have relationship with him. I can talk to him. I can hear him talk to me. <laughs> now, they may make a big scene over TV if you think God talks. Well, guess what? He talks. <laughs> Read the Bible. He talks to people. He still talks to people. <laughs> How do you respond? You pour out your love back to God. You love Him back. You thank Him. You're thankful. You're, you're how else? You can't. You got to be thankful. How can you not be thankful? Josh, why don't you come on down, buddy?
We're going to enter back into just a time of worship, and let's. Uh, as you're as you're worshiping back, as you're as we're kind of closing this out, just just think about what I just shared. Think about what God has done for you, for me. Think about how He's what He's done in our lives, and just love Him back and let Him let Him talk to you this morning. Would that be good to hear the Lord this morning? Let's stand up, God. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.